Welcome to the Yacht Talk Podcast, where we discuss everything yachts, giving you practical advice and insider tips to help you enjoy your yacht to the fullest. And now with you, your host, Miriam Law. In today's episode, we will learn all about dining on a yacht as I interview Chef Pip Brennan, who works at a 164-foot yacht and will share with us how she manages provisions, cooking on board, and making sure everyone is happy with their meals. Hi everyone, welcome to the Yacht Talk podcast. Today I'm here with Pip Brennan, our expert yacht chef and we will be talking about dining on board. How are you, Pip? Very well, and yourself? Very good, thank you so much for joining me. You're Today welcome. we are live in the Palm Beach International Boat Show and we are on board Lady Leah, this 80-foot Lazara Sky Lounge that is for sale, by the way. <laughs> so, Pip, would you like to tell us a little bit about your background as a chef and how you started working on yachts? Well, I've been cooking maybe for 25 years now, uh, mainly in restaurants in London. And about five or six years ago, I thought I need to sell myself out and start making some real money. Mm. So I have a friend who's been doing this for 15 years and he gave me some pointers and here I am. Wow, amazing. So how long ago did you start working on yachts? About four years ago now. Wow, amazing. So not long. Amazing. Okay, so now we're going to learn a little bit about what cooking on a yacht is like. So my first question, why do people prefer dining under the yachts many times when they're docked at places that might have very good restaurants? I think the reason that they do is because they view their, their yachts as a, as a cozy home and They like the anonymity of it and the fact that they can have whatever they want. I find in my experience that you'll, be, you'll go to places and, and they'll want to go off and they'll book tables somewhere, but you can never be sure that they're going to go, mm. you know? So I, it's, uh, you always have to be on call and have something just in case. Um, and sometimes they'll go out for lunch and be on for dinner or the other way around. But I think it's mainly because... They want to be at home mm. and their yacht is their special home. And the privacy, right? The privacy is a big, big factor mm. for yacht owners. Interesting. Okay. And can you prepare any kind of food on a yacht or are there any restrictions? I think it depends on the kind of equipment that you have. Um, space is always, you have to always think about space. In a, in a galley of this size, I think you'd be challenged really to, to produce food for more than six, I'll be honest with you, mm -hmm. with the cooking facilities that you have. I mean, you could do anything, anything that the guest wanted pretty much to a very high standard, but I think you'd struggle for space to cater for a lot of people. Okay. But the range of variety of foods that you can prepare is Anything. the same as in absolutely <laughs> in the land. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Anything. Okay. No restrictions. Okay, great. Now, how much time should yacht owners give you in advance before their trip to plan the menu? 
I think uh, the kind thing to do is as much notice as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I think for a chef on board, you would always know your owner's preferences and you would probably always have enough just in case there was an impromptu visit. But if you were going on a trip somewhere, I think you might like to know a week ahead. Okay. So you can start planning yourself. And again, in a, and say in a galley of this size where you might be a bit more challenged and you want to make all your sauces beforehand so that you can freeze them down, you know, uh -huh. and uh, you would probably want a week. Okay. Yeah, yes. just to make sure that you had everything perfect. Nice. Do you ask all the guests about their food allergies or restrictions before the trip? I would mainly rely on what the boss knows of his friends and if you'd had them before you would you would have written their preferences down the guests and you would you would know um, I think it's always a good idea to have an option for somebody who say might not eat meat you know you have some extra portions of fish in your freezer which would be fine you try to gather as much knowledge as you can but basically you're cooking for the owners Okay. You know, and if they determine that this is what their menu will be like, I'm afraid that that's what guests generally seem to be at the mercy of. Okay. That makes it simpler to, for you, right? It does. But it's also, you know, I think as a chef, you want to please all the guests, mm. which is why I'm saying about having, say, an extra portion of fish or something, because you don't want anybody to feel bad, you know, that they're yeah. hungry or they haven't enjoyed your lunch. No, of That's course. not what you want. Of course. I understand. Okay. So, are there certain foods that are not as good quality or difficult to find when traveling to Bahamas or the Caribbean? And would you have to stock up on those before leaving the U.S.? I would advise yes. I mean, in the Bahamas you can find some great produce, but it depends where you are, you know. Anywhere that you go, you could go places in the Bahamas that are really remote and you could be 12 or 18 hours away from the shop. Ooh. So I, my advice would be to stock up as much as you can in the US because again, you've got the variety and it's also cheaper to do it mm. here because everything in the Bahamas certainly is, um, is imported. The Caribbean, I mean, in St. Martin, you can get nearly everything. It's fantastic. But again, you're at the mercy of, of import costs, you know, because mm -hmm. everything's flown in. Yeah. So. If you've got a lot of freezer space, I would suggest that you fill it. And what would you stock up on? Meat, for example? What yeah. the most important things that people should stock up on? Meat and fish. I mean, vegetables, You, uh, it's very difficult with vegetables and, of course, berries. That's, you know, every chef's nightmare. I've only got three days on these berries. Uh. Um, so definitely on all your, your meats and your fishes because that is... That's that sort of stress taken off you. You can always top up. I mean, you can look in the Bahamas. You can get broccoli, onions, carrots. You can get everything okay. like that um, when you can find it. But I, it's advisable to bring as much as you can mm. from the U.S. And okay. also what the stuff that you have in your dry store cupboards, you know, mm -hmm. because everywhere you go, say, for instance, in, in England, you'd have a certain type of flour. There's cake flour mm -hmm. and in some countries they just have flour you know mm -hmm. so whatever you're used to okay it's much better to have in your cupboard of course so you'll be more comfortable cooking with your own exactly. ingredients yeah because you know how they're going to turn out yes and talking about the fish you said it's good to stock up on fish and my next question is 
is it possible for yacht owners to catch their own fresh fish when they are cruising on Bahamas, for example? Yes, um, absolutely. I think that you just have to be mindful sometimes of their, there are laws on whether it's you can catch them and keep them, or whether you have to catch them and, th and throw them back. You have to be kind of careful about those laws. But certainly, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, the, the fresher, the better, you know, um, when it comes to fish. So if the owners are fishing off the back of the boat and they bring it in, bring it to the galley yeah. and you can have it for dinner. But you would rather have some in stock in case definitely. they don't catch enough, right? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> or if they take them too long and then it's already time for dinner when they get back from fishing, yeah, so you have so to have hungry. something served. Right? Yeah, that's right, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Okay, so my next question. How long can the supplies you bring with you on board last when you're traveling, for example, on a 100-foot yacht? So if you're bringing supplies and you fill up everything, how long do you think it would last on, when you're traveling? Well, look, the freezer stuff, the recommendation is three months from the minute you put it into the freezer until it needs to be used. So three months quite safely. Um, fresh produce, again, is, it's tricky to say because some stuff spoils a lot quicker than others, you know. I think it depends on your refrigeration space as well, because, for instance, you might have to leave fruit out, and that goes quite quickly because it can get warm in here. Mm -hmm. I find that the veg, uh, the fruit, sorry, certainly spoils very, very quickly. You know, bananas can go ripe overnight. Yeah. So you have to be kind of careful, you know, sort of some in a cool place, some um, to be very creative yeah. about where you keep things. But, you know, if you're going away for a month, I think you're good to have everything in the freezers and you'll be safe okay. and happy with that. Okay, nice. And I guess because my next question would be, like, how long would your supplies last in terms of running out? But I guess it depends on how many guests you have on board, right? Yes, and, and are you offering them um, one course? Are they wanting meat and fish with every meal? Because some, oh. certainly some guests like the double protein wow. when, they're, when they're having um, family-style meals. Yeah. And again, whether or not they're going to eat out or, mm -hmm. or stay in. And also, again, we haven't mentioned this, but you know, what are crew going to eat? Mm -hmm. That's also another factor in what you can store and use of course and I was going to now that you talk about crew I was going to ask you do you usually cook for the crew as well or do they make their own food uh, no you cook for the crew as well perhaps if you're really busy you could say to them please can you just make yourself a sandwich today but generally no no you okay. cook for them as well Wow yeah and do they usually eat the same food as the guests and the owners or do they usually have like their own refrigerator with their own food? Yeah I think that you know every the the crew certainly has their own refrigerator that's stocked with smoked meats, cheese, yogurts, things like that but as a rule for cooked meals you probably end up eating the same sort of things as the owners do even though there might be varying budgets, you know, it's a bit, you can't really say, well, this is the chicken, the boss's chicken from Whole Foods and this is you know, crew chicken from Winn-Dixie or something yeah. like that. That's not really fair. Yeah, of course. And then it would take you double the time to exactly. buy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. that is the other factor, you know, yeah. is, is that provisioning. Provisioning is one of the, the most time-consuming aspects of the job once you've got everything in your fridges and you're ready to go it doesn't matter but getting to that stage mm. which is why i say you know if the if the 
the owners can give you at least a week's notice to get sorted out mm -hmm. because it is a stressful thing. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, great. So next question. What is the longest you've ever been traveling on a yacht? And how did you manage the provisions? So probably an Atlantic crossing, um, maybe 20, yeah, three weeks, 21 days, 25 days, depending on the weather. Um, what I did was I stocked up with a lot of stuff, obviously in the freezer, and you start out with a lot of fresh vegetables, but I also always buy frozen vegetables mm. as well for the kind of tail end of the, of the trip. Uh, it can become quite monotonous for the crew, as you can understand. You know, you can only have really what comes out of the freezers. Mm -hmm. But um, you survive. Yeah, of course. You get through it. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so three weeks. And Atlantic crossing is a long, long crossing. Yes. But the owners usually don't come with you. It's no. just for the crew. I can assure you that owners do not want to cross no. the Atlantic. <laughs> no. <laughs> On a yacht, no. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Now... How do you plan for snacks? Do you tell guests where they can find everything in case they get hungry in the middle of the night? Uh, yes, sometimes the stewardess will have a fridge in the um, in their service area that they might have snacks in, but there will always be bowls of biscuits and cookies and crisps, mainly in the salons and sometimes actually in the cabins as well. So they're always picky things for guests to eat. I have also worked on boats where The guests like to have a platter of um, smoked meats left out for them in the evening that they can just mm. pick at okay. through the night. I've, I've seen that. Okay. So um, again, it just depends on, on what the, the guests want. But, but oh, there's always, there's always uh, okay. packaged snacks. Yeah, as I thought, you know, when, when you're a guest at someone's house, for example, you don't know where things are and yeah. it's a bit awkward, right? So yeah. you make sure that there is plenty of snacks available for everywhere. everyone. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. Nice, very good. Okay, and I see most yachts have barbecues on them. Are barbecues popular on yachts? And are there any safety issues with barbecuing? I would say that in general, yacht owners are not the ones that use the barbecues. I'd say if you are on a boat that you have a boat that you want to charter, that's where the barbecue comes into its own. Uh, you know, the um, the sun deck can get very hot, and of course, when you sit around the bar and in, the, in the, on the sun deck and, and somebody's barbecuing for you, it's very smoky and it's mm. very sunny and very hot. So generally, the guests. They might, you know, I might offer them barbecue chicken and somebody will quickly barbecue it for, for me upstairs and then bring it down and I'll finish it off in the oven and it goes out. Okay. But it's not usual that a yacht owner would sit around, you know, uh, and the barbecue on the sun deck and yeah. eat. But it's nice for the flavor. Okay. And safety issues, yes, of course there would be safety issues, you know. Um, so there's always a fire hydrant at the ready. Yes. Which everybody <laughs> knows how to use. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just another aspect, but it's I would say that it's it's a trick rather than something that's vital. Okay. Yeah. My next question: What kind of menus are the most popular on yachts nowadays? Have you like noticed the trends in dining changed over the years? Yeah, absolutely. They're changing all the time, and I, I think that's the biggest challenge as a a yacht chef is, is that. You know, with the best will in the world, I think that there are a lot of fatty diets out there mm -hmm. and, and a lot of yacht owners and their guests 
latch on to the different kinds of diets. So now, as a rule, we would, I, I would say, in, in most of the, the yachts that I've worked on, certainly, is where you'd put up a plate of food that is a protein and some vegetables, and you always serve the carbohydrate on the side. Mm. And you have to be mindful whether or not they're gluten-free, paleo, keto, you know, these are all <laughs> lots of avocados in the corner. Yeah. You have to be very mindful always. And I mean, I got stuck once. I think we were in St. Bart's and the owner had some guests on and he was leaving at six o'clock the next morning and he wanted some muffins before he went and he was gluten free. And it was one of those moments that you think, oh, I just, I can't be caught out. But, you know, so you kind of always have to have in your store cupboard. Mm different kinds of flowers, different kinds of sugar so that you can make these things work. Mm. Sometimes you can't just run to the store. Yes. You know? Yes. So your dry store, any of your provisions, but your dry store cupboard is, is got to be packed with, um, with mindful produce today. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You need to be very creative, right? You do. You do. And quickly In think, what have I got? What have I got? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And do people usually hire chefs for their yachts only when they're traveling or are the chefs on payroll like month to month? Generally, there are two ways of doing it. There's the uh, seasonal position or there's a permanent position. So your seasonal position would run for the months that the owner wants to use his boat. Mm -hmm. Generally, that would be, say, for the mid-season maybe late April to end of September time. Um, obviously this winter season in, in the Caribbean is shorter, mm -hmm. but there are some boats that are dual season. There are some boats that are single season, but the boss wants it fully crewed all the time. It just depends on what the owner, the owner's expectation is. Okay. I think it's more unusual for a, say for myself, I'm a professional qualified chef it would be more unusual to have you on payroll full time. Generally, they would have what they would call um, a sous chef or a cook mm -hmm. on to do crew because they don't cost as much. Of course, if they're not using the yacht, yes. right? Or sometimes on smaller boats, they, won't, they wouldn't have a cook at all and the stewardess would cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it just depends. Okay, nice. Are there any recommendations you could give yacht owners to make the most of their meals on board? I would say again, it goes back to that giving the chef as much time as they can mm. to prepare. You know, that, that is the way of maximizing it and find a chef who loves what they do. Yeah. Because that always reflects in the food. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Pip. So if our listeners want to contact you and ask you any questions about cooking on yachts or about how to hire you, what's the best way to reach you? My email address is pipsbrennan at gmail.com um, or my number is 561-313-8503. Those would be the best ways. Okay, so I'll have them also on the episode notes. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. You're Pip. welcome. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Please remember to rate us and subscribe and we'll see you next time. That's all for today. Feel free to send us your questions or comments to theyachtpodcast.com.
And if you're considering the sale or purchase of a yacht and would like Miriam to be your broker, email miriam at lentonyachts.com. That's M-I-R-I-A-M at L-E-N-T-O-N-Y-A-C-H-T-S dot com. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time.